you know, my, I saw my dad doing the same thing, like trying to Americanize himself. But at the same time, he never tried to get rid of his accent because... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today we have another bookish conversation. I'm talking to Hope from Philly. Her Instagram handle is Philly Book Fairy. If you are a regular to my episodes, you know that I've mentioned Philly Book Fairy before. She has DM'd me on Instagram about my previous episodes. And when she had a lot of questions for me about me, I decided to let her come on my show and chat with me and perhaps even interview me. Here's Hope in her own words. Hi, my name is Hope, aka Philly Book Fairy on Instagram. I started reading again in December of 2017 and began looking up book reviews on YouTube, which led me to BookTube, which led me to Bookstagram. I started my Bookstagram in March of 2018. I also read and review books on my two new blogs, hopelesslyreading.blogspot.com and www.read dash nana dash read dot com. I'm excited to interview Dr. Shanaz Ahmed today and thrilled to have it posted on her podcast, Living a Life Through Books. The conversation went long, so I have broken it down into three parts. This is part one of three. And without further ado, let's see where this conversation goes. Hope, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. Do you know why you're here? Well, I would like to interview you a little bit. Um, that's why I think I'm here. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to. I want to learn more about you and have you learn a little bit more about me, and maybe we could have a little discussion about some other bookish things as well. And yeah, that would. That's my plan. What's okay. your plan? That, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, because well, okay. I mean, I, I will mention this in the intro, but you have been sending me messages on Instagram and you've been like, oh uh, yeah. my gosh, this episode, and then there's this and there's this. And I do add your voice clips, not your voice clips, but I I can never say it like you do, but I <laughs> add it at the end of the podcast. And when you asked me all those questions, I thought, hmm, let's meet the podcaster. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Absolutely. Good idea. Okay, so I'll, I'll leave the floor to you now. Okay. Um, so I don't even know where to start because I'm new to the podcast and I'm new to your book club and I've been listening a little bit and I started to listen to our last book club and I really got a kick out of the little beeps and stuff you did for the spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> I loved it I was like oh my goodness but then I didn't have time to really like you know listen to the whole thing yet but um so for me I think let me start with where I think we met so where was the first place that we came across each other I believe it was in somebody else's book discussion I think it was like uh maybe Rachel or Beth, 
or was it Beloved? Were you in the Beloved book no, read? No, I think I the only one I the only one I've ever been in is the discussion for the book, the association. Oh, that's where it was. Oh my goodness. I am so like, okay. Then it must've been that one. Okay. Yes. I couldn't remember. I was scrolling through and I couldn't. And uh, invited me. She's like, Hey, we're having this. What did she call it? Um, I don't remember what she called it. A buddy read. Yeah. She called it a buddy read. Well, uh-huh. I always thought a buddy read was just two people, but then it's like a huge group. <laughs> right. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize how structured it was as a buddy read. It was fun. I'd never it been, was. I'd never been in a buddy read before where I think it was Nicole sent out. Was it Nicole or was it uh, Alyssa? I can't remember. One of them sent out the, um, sent out the schedule. So week one, uh-huh. we're going to read pages zero mm-hmm. to I don't know 50 and then week two is this and or this chapter to this chapter and uh lucky for me I'd already read the book uh-huh. ago, so that made it easy but that's right. how we met ah uh, that's right oh you have such a better memory than me <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up because I could I could not remember and I kept scrolling and like some of those buddy reads like discussions get so long so I'm like scrolling scrolling I'm like where was it? I know it was a buddy read. I actually like your podcast more than I enjoy buddy reads only because if it's two or three people, it's okay. But when it's a ton of people, I have a hard time keeping up with it. Like, I'm like, you know, like you can't have as good of a discussion if everybody's like just chiming in at the same time. And when you do text IMs, you know, it's, it's not, easy to answer a specific person and stuff like that so it's it's not my favorite forum so when I saw like when I heard your podcast I was like that's the perfect forum like because everybody's gonna get a a chance to talk and you know it was it's just very well structured and 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 easier to participate um with your thoughts and stuff like that but so but anyway, like, so it was the association. Yeah, so so you like Sorry. The pod, uh, so you like the podcast book club because it's less people or because it's more organized? More organized. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Thank easier you. to respond than it is in writing um, when there's so many people. If it was just three people, then the IM would work. But when it's a lot of people it's too much. Like it's overwhelming. You don't know who's responding to who it's too much, (laughs) too much for me. But, um, but anyway, so that's how we met. Um, thank you for reminding me. (laughs) And, you know, and then you were, you mentioned your podcast and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And then I started listening to American dirt because it caught my eye right away because I had just finished reading that book myself. And I was so sick of hearing so much controversy around it and so much negativity. I actually, so anyway, so I I joined in um, with some comments that I, that I emailed to you and I had some questions because as I started reading your other, or listening to your other podcast with, oh gosh, the, the author that wrote Saigon. Oh yes. Fook Tran. Yeah. And that's amazing, isn't he? Wasn't it great? It is. And I just wish I had read the book because I'm like, oh, like, 
it sounds like something I would like to read. Um, and I really appreciated like the conversation that you guys were having um, about. That was all Fook, by the way. It's just, it's him. It's yeah. his personality. He is just such a genuine guy. He's, he's the, I mean, he's the quintessential gentleman. And when I'm talking to him, it's not just a, I'm going to ask you questions. It's a very back and forth, which was just wonderful. And he's yeah. just wonderful. I love his book. So yeah, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Um, so yeah, so I was listening to that and it started making me, you know, think about my own family and wonder about like more about your family and his family and made me curious about the book. And you know, so that made me spark those questions to you, which unfortunately I didn't write them all down. But basically what I'm, if you were to put it in a nutshell, I wanted you to tell me a little bit about your story. So can you tell me like, were you born in the States? Were you born in India? Like where do your parents live here? Things like that, that I have like some questions about, just curious. Okay, so my story, I was born in India okay. in a place called Madras. The place has changed names since I was born. Ah. It's called Chennai now. I'm one of the very, very, very few diehards who refuse to call it that. It's called what it's, now? It's called Chennai. Is it C-H-E-N-N-A-I? Yeah, Chennai. Yeah, it's called Chennai now. And yeah, I mean, I, I will say, yeah, oh, they're from Chennai or whatever, but I was born in Madras. I mean, because that's what it was called then. And right. I understand it's a British colonial name, and that's why uh, they're trying to change all of this. For example, right. in India, the um, Mum, uh, Bombay, you uh -huh. Bombay, it's now called Mumbai. Right, right. And they're changing, they, well, not they're changing names. This is like, I don't even know how many years ago, 20, 30 years ago. It's just me holding on to a route that I don't even know why I'm holding on to. But anyway, so that's where I was born. Mm -hmm. I went to, say, elementary school there. Mm -hmm. And then I moved on to, we moved to Dubai, which is in the Middle East. Oh, okay. And I did the latter part of my middle school and high school in Dubai. And why, why did you guys move to Dubai? That was Were just, your parents working there? Were they Yeah, my dad was interested? working there. And that's okay. usually the path of emigration mm -hmm. for Indians seeking a better life. They're always looking for a path. Right. They go to Dubai. Some people go to Singapore. Uh, and then from there, they move on to London and Americas and Europe. Oh, wow. Okay. Usually. I don't know many that go directly India to, to the Western world. I mean, some do. Okay. But uh, anyway, so that was my path anyway. Uh, we went from, I went from India, Dubai, and then I came here. But by the time I came here, my uncle was already here. My uncle did one of those direct paths. He was a doctor, okay. he did the, the exam, uh -huh. and then he got a job here as a resident oh, okay. in America. Cool. So he was already living in America. 
as a doctor. Like what part of the United States? Well, he did his training, I think, in Michigan, and then he moved to Missouri for whatever reason. Okay. And so then he opened his practice here, and he had a Ah. wildly successful practice here. And then he he sponsored my dad and my dad's family. Ah. Dad, mom, me, and my brother, and then that's how we ended up here. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. That's really interesting. So, um, so how old were you about when you came to Missouri? I was 15. I just, I turned 16 when I came in like a few months later. 15, 16. Okay. Cause, um, like your accent is not real pronounced for me, you know, like I know some people that are a lot older than you that, have a way stronger accent. So I guess it depends on how young you are when you come to another place to live maybe. But even within the United States, like if you go to a different part of the country, you will start sounding like those people. Yeah. It's so strange. Don't but you think? You know, like, there is the other aspect of, which is really interesting as far as growing up goes, which is, that's why I loved Fook Tran's book it's the whole concept of trying to fit in and trying to integrate. And when you talk about accent, Mm -hmm. I went completely the other way. I tried to get rid of whatever accent I had. I would practice saying five, 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 because I couldn't say the word, uh, I couldn't use, I couldn't say the letter B. And mm-hmm. it's interesting when you come from India, the letters V and W, V and V are the same to an Indian year. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So when you say five, you say five. And someone's like, what? Five, five. And they're like, what? No. And then it's like, you mean five? Th- that distinction, uh, I can't right. even say the five now I'd have to but anyway I had to practice words like the v and I'm trying to think the other thing was um the r and l girl because I Uh, used to say the girl yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. oh that that girl and that girl said that and it was no it was the girl oh yeah and and I worked on trying to say it right, at least according to the American accent. And then there were people who would be like, who do you think you are? You're an Indian, own your Indianness. You know, why are you giving up this part of you? And a lot of people didn't like that I was losing my accent or that I even wanted to lose my accent. And a lot of people just didn't work at it like I did. So then... They just maintain it. Right. Well, I mean, I don't think there should be any pressure to try to lose an accent of any sort um, unless you want to. I mean, that's a personal preference, of course. Um, I know with my dad, when he came here, he spoke English because they taught it in Greece um, from childhood on. and But it was very limited. Well, I wouldn't say very limited, but... My dad, my memories of my father as a child are of him 
taking a dictionary, no lie, and a book of uh, synonyms as well, a thesaurus, and reading them and studying the words and saying them. And I always thought it was just because my dad was like wanting to educate himself. I never even realized until I was an adult that, uh, duh, he's probably trying to increase his vocabulary in this language, you know, but as a child, it never like really even occurred to me because my dad doesn't use a lot of those words, but he likes to investigate words and, you know, um, talk about them and look at their definition and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I remember him doing that. And I also remember him not assimilating himself while not drawing himself into the Greek community in Philadelphia. And I always thought that that was just, I don't know, I guess because I didn't grow up with any of that culture and I kind of missed that I did, you know, I'm sad that I missed some of that. Although, you know, if you watch like my big fat Greek wedding and stuff like that, you'll see that those children don't, you know, they don't even want to be, you know, a part of it because, like, you force your kids, oh, you have to go to, you know, this class and that class, and they're like, I don't want to. But I kind of wish I had because now I don't speak Greek, I don't have a second language, and I really could have, you know. So, you know, my I saw my dad doing the same thing, like trying to Americanize himself, but at the same time, he never tried to get rid of his accent because, you know, everybody was so charmed by the accent, you know how men are. So, you know, he never really tried. In fact, it seems stronger to me now than it did years ago. I don't know what that's about. Maybe he's because he's getting older. He's just like, from him teaching me like a little bit about the Greek alphabet and how to say those um, letters and things like that, just like you're saying, you had a hard time saying the, the RL, you know, like there's so many different, you know, sounds outside of English that I cannot like I try so hard and I I find it so amazing that so many people that speak a different language all wind up learning English and I find it so appalling that people that are born here that have no like that have been here for many generations have no idea what that's like to learn a second language because we're all tried, you know, like in America, they all try to teach us second language. They do. They're from, not from childhood, which they should. They do it like when you're in middle or high school. It's too late then. They should teach it in, in grade school, in my opinion. Um, and some people get a choice and some people don't, you know, but it's never taken seriously because the whole world is, I guess, a lot of the world is speaking English. It's such a privilege, you know, point of view to be like, oh, well, oh, they can't say that word right. Well, you know what? You wouldn't be able to say their name right either. You know, their words right either. Absolutely. If you try to speak their language. Absolutely. And it just is so offensive, you know, that people think it's funny or that they make fun of that, like, or that they have um, are annoyed by it or whatever you want to say. It's, it's offensive. I don't know how you can deal with that. Um, and I know that, you know, trying to speak, um, like, uh, uh, the people that you're around, 
everybody tries to do that. I'm sure that like if I went to India and I was trying to learn um, the language there, I would definitely be trying to say it the right way, you know, or trying to do it in a way that, you know, people would understand me. Sure. So that's um, natural, but, but that's interesting that your family said, or that people were saying that to you. So is there like a big Indian community in Missouri where you are? I'm sure there is. Oh, you're not, you're not <laughs> so involved. Okay. You're like my dad now. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much. I'm very much like your dad. I'm very, um, I just, I've gone whenever, like, let's say my, there was something going on and people like, Hey, come here. And I was like, what? Fine. (laughs) It's really, it, it's really interesting because I'm trying to think a few years ago, about three or four years ago, there was some, I guess some famous Indian singer, I don't know. I mean, I'm out of that whole scene now, for better or for worse. And they, he was coming in and doing a concert and um, one of my friends was organizing it and they said, hey, why don't you, why don't you sponsor us? And we'll put your, uh, your office logo and things in this concert and that will be great. And I was like, sure. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. then he was like, okay, before the concert starts, so we had to go in about two hours before and hang these um, banners and everything for my, um, for my business. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I'm just going to go home. And he's like, well, why don't you just stay? And I was like, well, I don't have tickets to this concert. And um, he ended up, my friend ended up just giving me his tickets. So here I am sitting in the front row of this concert and it was kind of fun because I'm just I can have a good time anywhere for within reason I mean within <laughs> right. and so I'm just having a good time and it ends up that a lot of my patients were there a lot oh, of really? my Indian patients they all oh, came okay. in and they're all like hey Dr. Ahmed we <laughs> didn't know they were like we didn't know you're from Chennai and then they start talking to me in Tamil and then they're like or, or they hear me talk to my mom in Tamil or something. They're like, oh, we didn't know you spoke Tamil. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it, it was really weird because all of a sudden, the identity that I was trying to hide yeah. ended up becoming the identity that was actually helping me. Because the next time those patients came to my office, mm-hmm. they somehow felt more kin to me. They were like, right. oh my gosh, she's one of us. She can actually speak the language. They were, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people who saw me there at that concert were like, I never knew you could speak the language. Like, They'd been coming to my office for so long and they were like, we never knew you could speak the language. I'm surprised they never even tried to speak Tamil to you at all. Not in my office. This is a professional oh. relationship. They come yeah, into my still. office and I'm like, hi, I'm Dr. Ahmed. This is okay. what we're, you know, we're talking to your kid. They're not going to be like, you know, you wouldn't go to your doctor who's Greek yeah. and start speaking in Greek and go, do you speak this? And they'd be like, what? You <laughs> don't do that. Well, um, some patients do. I, I, you'd be surprised. Well, they, I think it's just me, the way I speak. They, they, 
think that maybe I have Indian parents, but I was born here is uh, right. maybe the perception. So they mm -hmm. never really, yeah, it really. I wasn't sure myself. That's why I figured I'd better ask because I don't want to assume, you know, one way or the other, but. Um, I, can speak, but yeah. I can speak a lot of it. I can't read or write it. Um, I can speak, so I can speak Tamil. I can also speak a little bit of Hindi. Oh, I, okay. I used to be able to read and write it, but I, I completely forgot because I learned it when I was a kid. And then I, you know, after I left there, after I left uh, India and I went to Dubai and Hindi just went off, um, mm -hmm. but I can speak it and I can understand like Bollywood movies. Like, oh, cool. And even if it doesn't have subtitles, I can mm -hmm. get the movie for the most part. Okay, cool. With subtitles, it's even better. So, but yeah. So, I mean, I go to the center if, like I said, if I'm, if there's a reason for me to be there, I've never really fully integrated with any culture, which is really weird because I think it's because of my upbringing. Like I'm in India, I'm in Dubai, I'm in America. So I just grew up a dreamer in a sense of, I don't understand borders. I don't understand division. I don't understand citizenships. Um, <laughs> I just don't. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me what passport I have, I'll say I have a U.S. passport. That's my U.S. citizenship. Yes, yeah, so I was born in right. India. I had an Indian passport. You know, but the whole concept of, okay, you have an Indian passport. So now, because you have an Indian passport, you have to get visas to this country and this country and this country uh -huh. and this country so you can even enter that country. But yeah. the same person, the exact same person now has a U.S. passport and the exact same person doesn't need all these visas anymore because that person has a U.S. passport. Um, it, it hasn't changed me in any way. It's right. just that the identity card that I carry has changed and all of a well, sudden it's it, I don't know I, I don't know how I process it I'm still processing it and I know I'm 47 years old and I still don't understand economics and I don't understand division and I'm still kind of um kumbaya why can't we all get along <laughs> right. I am just I'm still in the uh what do they call that teenage delusional world where you think <laughs> What is that called? Idealistic world. Like idealistic, yeah. Think it's idealistic. There's still a part of me mm -hmm. that has faith for it and belief in it. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just, maybe I have a mental condition. No, come on. <laughs> now stop. See, but you, but you did, you did pick a culture, the book culture. So now, you know, that's um, one of the things I like about the, the book community that um, that we're all a part of is that it really brings people together and it kind of breaks down some of those walls. Although the majority of the people that I've run across in this scenario are white people. And I'm trying to make sure that I branch out to find the smaller booktubers or the people that are different from me and granted most of them are different from me anyway because they're all like half my age <laughs> so like I feel like I'm dinosaur with these kids because well, honestly I'm a dinosaur too <laughs> but no but 
you you look a lot younger than than your age and I, but it's like if i start talking about chia and i don't want people to assume she's my kid so i'll tell them you know she's my granddaughter and they're like what do you mean your granddaughter like i thought you were like our age you know and then i'm like right you know now i gotta have that discussion you know and it's sometimes it's um sometimes the, i feel like the age is a, is a um divider of people as well. I mean, you think of any demographic you could think of, there's a way to divide those people. And it's, it's rough, you know, um, to, to come up against that. Like, I, I feel the, the ageism starting to creep in and I'm like, Oh, you know, but I'm, but I'm still 30 on the inside, you know, you know, age is absolutely a divider. I um, I was in a play a few years ago and I played a teenager. I played a 16 year old. I'm 42 uh-huh. and I'm playing a 16 year old. Mm-hmm. So the director came up to me and told me very specifically, I do not want you to tell these kids how old you are because that will create a division. If they don't mm-hmm. know how old you are, they'll accept you as yep. one of mm-hmm. them. So, right. and then I was not equipped to answer questions like, what high school are you going to? What college are you going to? And I'm kind of like, right. I have my own practice. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm like that. I'm like I'm a right. full blown functioning adult. But it was really. But you fooled them, so that's the important thing. <laughs> it was really bizarre because you know yeah. I'm talking to um, this one young woman, and she was going to Wash U. That was the university I went to here. Oh. And she was studying pre-med and I'd done that. And it was really, and she was like, oh, I don't remember what she was saying. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm going to wash you and I'm doing this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love wash you. <laughs> I just, I, oh my God. Like, yeah. I almost was going to say, oh my gosh, I just went, I went to wash you. Like, I almost, I was like, because then she'll ask you what year and then you'd have to get into that discussion. So I was like, and- I, Yeah. Oh, I hear you. So, but, but age is a divider. Age can also be a divider, but I also believe age does not have to be a divider. No, it doesn't, it doesn't have to. And a lot of times I feel like throughout my life that I've always kind of um, sought out people that were a little bit older than me, than young, rather than younger. And I tend to like, you know, either children like Gia or, you know, people that are older than me. I feel like people that are my age, well, I just turned 50 last year. Congratulations. Thanks. That really freaked me out. But that was a real good year for me last year, even though it was freaking me out. The number Mm -hmm. freaks me out. Um, I was never freaked out by 30 or 40, but 50 freaked me out. But last year I finished my bachelor's degree I have been working on it, thanks, for like 10 years, part-time. My employer wound up paying 90% of it. So I was lucky with that. So I just had my graduation last year. I went on a cruise to celebrate with my sister. Yeah. And yeah, it was super nice. I had a real good year last year. And then we come into 2020 
and now all this craziness is happening and it's it's really a, a downer <laughs> but um but at least i had last year you know i i saw you know the timeline come up and i'm like oh i missed that you know i missed that that cruise i miss being out of the city so sure. you know but we'll get back to that eventually i'm sure but just got to get a vaccine because this is just people are starting to get I think um I don't know what the word is claustrophobic but I mean thank god we have social media to connect people because we were prepared techno technologically speaking for our mental health for our mental health but other than that if you have to get go somewhere it's like you have to go with the people in your household or you know, stay away from other people, which is hard to do when you're in a city environment. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll survive. We'll get past it. And maybe next year will be a better year, <laughs> be a better year for us. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed, you know. There you go. And that's it for this time. You can contact me through Instagram or Facebook on Living a Life Through Books. You can also send me a voice memo to my email at livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. You never know, I may feature your clip in a future episode. Please share this podcast with one other person. As simple as that, find one other person who would enjoy this podcast and tell them about it. I thank you in advance. Also, if you love the show, please leave me a review. I've made it easier for you guys. Go to ratethispodcast.com backslash living a life through books and follow the simple instructions. Again, I thank you for that. Or you can directly go to Apple Podcasts and write me a review, whichever way is easier. I will add the ratethispodcast.com backslash living a life through books in the show notes. The starting and ending music for this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. This is Dr. Shnaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. <laughs>